Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. Have you ever felt or feel like something is missing? An emptiness inside, perhaps waiting for someone to come or something to happen to satisfy whatever longings you might have. Throughout my life, some of my deepest longings were to be known, to be loved, to have a purpose, to matter. And for many of my younger years, I looked for people or things that I thought were essential to satisfy those longings of mine. For instance, I focused on relationships, I focused on excelling on my studies, on having a successful career. And it's okay. It's okay. There's nothing wrong to want to be the best that we can or to do the best we can for our lives. But I made my studies and my career priority over my relationship with Christ. Although God let it all happen, I got to have a successful career and I was known as good and as a well-rounded person. But in his love and mercy, God showed me that actually that was not it. I felt empty. I knew that something was missing, but I just did not know what was missing. So I kept looking. And like a worship song called Graves into Garden says, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. I searched the world indeed. And in all fairness, I also looked and asked for help. I asked some of my friends some of my family members, but they did not seem to know the answer either. You see, although my family taught us good values based on Catholic values that they inherited, they were not religious. Yes, I was baptized as an infant. I had my first communion when I was young, but going to church was more associated with Easter, Christmas, someone's wedding or a baptism, and I end up being raised very much inserted in the world and its values and expectations. I knew of God. I knew he existed. I believe he existed. I prayed for him when I needed or when I was afraid. But I was very far away from him. I hadn't surrendered my life to him, and I had no relationship with Christ. In fact, I didn't even know that that was an option. You see, for a long time in my life, I had no one to answer my questions about God. I had no one to disciple me until I did. And by God's grace, I found out that there is only one way, one truth, one life that can satisfy our deepest longings, that can satisfy our spiritual hunger. Jesus is the way. I learned that, yes, I needed to believe in Jesus, but that this believed involved much more than just an intellectual exception, uh, acceptance of the truth of Jesus without any related actions. Instead, I learned that I needed to cl- include to my belief an active element of commitment, conviction, an ongoing action of entrusting myself completely to Jesus, putting my trust on him as my Lord and Savior, placing my entire being in relationship of unity with him, and therefore with God. It involved and it still involves an ongoing personal commitment of a deep relationship with Christ. And yes, it's not an easy thing to do until this day. It's not. 
But the good news is, we are not alone. Because we followers of Jesus, we disciples of Jesus, we are also called to make disciples. As Tyler read to us, Jesus commands us in Matthew 28, known as the Great Commission. And I'll be reading now from the message and the amplified version to try to get its full meaning. The message version reads, Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. And the Amplified reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. This command is emphasized in the regional language by the main verb in this verse, that is to make disciples. Matheteo in the Greek here means to help, to teach, to instruct someone to learn the truth of the word of God, training and developing that person to become a true follower of Jesus Christ in belief and in practice. But what about go in this verse? Well, go is not the main verb of the sentence. Rather, go, in the original language, in the Greek, is a participle that will be better translated as while we are going. Therefore, this verse would actually read as something like this. So as we go on living, we are to help others to learn of Jesus, to believe in him, and to obey his word. So church, regardless of where God places us, what role we might play or what circumstances we might face in life, the Great Commission is for us to make disciples. And this command to make disciples includes, includes any age. It's from the young to the old. When we look at current research, <clears throat> excuse me, it shows us that approximately 50% of children and youth growing up in church do not transition into adult church. So we wonder, are we making disciples of the next generation? Terry Williams from Here to Stay is an Australian association that focuses on the urgent call to disciple the next generation. At the Passing the Baton conference a couple of years ago, he said two things that really challenged me. First, he asked something like this. If Jesus comes back tomorrow and asks us, are you making disciples? Show me my disciples. Secondly, he asked, are we forming or only informing? On his website, which I encourage you all to visit, he writes, Discipleship is about being intentional, relational, and holistic in creating a culture of lifelong formation across the ages. And he also says, the church's task is to develop lifelong active followers of Jesus. And when we say church here, it includes everyone, huh? Includes parents, volunteers, the whole church community. As the African proverb states, it takes a village to raise a child. And like Terry, other experts on children and youth ministry in the past few years, they have also raised the importance of having a discipleship-based program and the importance of building relationship while teaching the Word of God. 
And it's beautiful to see how many churches shifting their focus from an informing only or an entertaining only approach to one of building relationships so real discipleship can occur. And that's why here at Lakeside Kids, we see how important it is for us to, yes, spend time in the Word of God, teaching the Word of God diligently to our kids, as the Toronto 6 tells us to, while intentionally focus on discipleship, on building relationship with God and with each other, and at the same time, creating a fun and safe environment where the children can ask questions. They feel safe to ask questions. With that in mind today, we're performing a play based on the who, what, why, how of Christmas from Bible Society, where we will be retelling the nativity story while trying to answer some of the questions that the children and you might have. So whenever one of the children asks a question or say something, I need you to repeat that really loud, okay? Let's get started. Children, do any of you have any questions for us today? Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? That's it. Well, Jesus is coming. But first, Mary and her husband, Joseph, they had to travel all the way to Bethlehem. Why? Why? They had to register for a government census that was counting all the people. But Bethlehem was full of people. It was so full that the only place Mary and Joseph could find was a room where animals were. So it was there that baby Jesus was born. So the wait was over. Here was the superhero that God had promised. What a baby, he can't do anything. What a baby, he can't do anything. But he already has. In this baby, God has become one of us, a human being. There were also some angels in this story. The angels shouted this good news with joy to some nearby shepherds who were quite afraid. <laughs> what did the angels say? News of great joy, a Savior is born. Glory to God, peace on earth, fear not. Once the shepherds stopped shaking, the shepherds went to find baby Jesus. When the shepherds found Jesus, they bowed down. Why? Because they knew God had sent him to save everyone on earth. Then the shepherds rushed out to tell people and everyone who heard the story was amazed. The good news traveled far. Okay, 
We need to make a big noise again. I want everyone, everyone in the church, all the children, everyone, to look at someone at the other side of the room or across, sitting across you. And on my signal, on goal, we are to shout good news to them. Are you guys ready? You found someone? One, two, three, go. Good news! <laughs>
Sometime later, God put a special star in the sky, far away. Some wise men knew it was a sign that the special king had come, so they followed the star and rushed to see Jesus too. When they found Jesus, the wise men bowed down and gave him presents. What presents? What presents? Spices, perfume, and gold. They were gifts fit for a king. But not everyone was excited about the kid who was a king. Herod was the king of Israel, and he was cross about Jesus. Why? Why? He didn't want another king. He wanted to be the only king. So he sent his soldiers out to get rid of Jesus. <laughs> But God is in charge. In charge. God is in charge. God sent an angel to warn Joseph. So Joseph took Mary and Jesus far away to Egypt. When he was safe, Jesus went back to Nazareth. As Jesus grew up, he listened to God and learned from him. He was getting ready to save the world from the darkness that had trapped us. That's why we're happy at Christmas. In Jesus, God gave us the best present ever. But for now, we have to wait. Again? Again. Yes, we have to wait for the story of Easter to see what God does next. But I promise you, it will be worth it. The end. Or it is just the beginning. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, oh Lord, thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy, Lord. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, just as you promised. Lord, we ask you to bring the truth of Christmas anew into our hearts. When you send your beloved Son as a baby in human flesh to dwell amongst us, and most importantly, to be sacrificed for our sins, to die on the cross, giving his life to save ours. Lord, help us, help us not to forget this great news that is Jesus and help us to share that with others, Lord. Help us to make disciples of all ages. We love you, Lord, and we want to trust you and to follow you as our Lord and Savior for all the days of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's now stand up, if you can, and let's worship our mighty God with our children leading us into worship in our last song.
Savior of the 